I'm Joan Hogan, welcoming you to the Prairie Doc Radio Program. Rick Holm, our Prairie Doc, is in the studio, ready to answer your questions of a medical nature. Dr. Holmes' specialty is internal medicine. He's worked with the Avira Medical Group Brookings and has served as a clinical professor at the University of South Dakota Sanford School of Medicine. We already said good morning. Good morning. Yes, so we're we here, and you beat me to the studio. I, I have to mark this day down. It's a red letter day. I don't know that I've done that before. It could be the first. <laughs> no, I think you did it once before. It was really late. I think my car didn't start. Oh. I ended up walking up here. It was just crazy. Well, we've been doing it for the thousand just years. Just a, so a few years, 25 <laughs> years or so, but who's counting? But we're happy to be here, and we're happy to have you folks listening in this absolutely gorgeous Wednesday in May. Hmm. <laughs> May has always been one of my favorite months. It's my birthday month. It's Mother's oh, Day. Oh, happy birthday. When Thank is your you. birthday? Much later. We won't what? get into that. <laughs> I used to look forward to it. It was the end of school, and I always look forward to summer and to just being May outdoors. May is a wonderful month, usually. So just lo- and the is. flowers came up. I and love we May. had a beautiful... Have you ever seen a lilac tree, not a lilac mm-hmm. bush? Yes. We had a lilac tree right outside our kitchen window. And you would sit there in the morning, and that lilac tree would just be in bloom in May. It was just beautiful. Yeah. I love May. Uh, Except for today. <laughs> I well, don't know I mean, what's I, happening today. And and tomorrow. But it's, you know, and what, Saturday you said? I, I was listening to Bob on <laughs> the way Don't listen over. to Bob. He has yeah. nothing but good news. <laughs> it's <laughs> no okay to lie news. about the forecast. Yeah, um, why don't you lie? Okay, so <laughs> the Scotty Roberts 5K Friday night, Yes, it's going to be really nice for that. Saturday, there's a slight chance of showers, but it's going to be 63. So for runners, perfect. that's perfect. Perfect exactly. for runners. Yep. That's yep. Right. It, it, and you know what? A little mist won't won't hurt. No. You know, and what a celebration! Uh, the 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 half marathon and the full marathon and the Scotty Roberts. You know, some people do not know who Scotty Roberts is or was. Why don't you fill us in? Because he was really quite the man of Brookings, wasn't he? He was something Tell us something about Scotty. Well, when I came in 1981, Scotty was sort of the titular head of the Brookings Clinic. It was the Brookings Clinic. It wasn't the Brookings Medical Clinic. We changed our name later. And then it changed to the Avera Medical Group, comma, Brookings, later so after that. So Scotty Roberts, but MD, Scotty was, right? Uh, Scotty Roberts was a physician who was uh, like everybody else in the clinic at the time that I arrived, except for uh, Dick Wake, who was a three-year residency-trained uh, family physician. All the rest were one-year internship and then went out and practiced, including... Dr. Henry, Bob Henry, the fabulous surgeon that we had. Uh, but it, it, at the time, what people did, did would be they would do an internship, and then you would be self-taught after that, uh, or you would learn a- along the way. Uh, from uh, other physicians. From other physicians. Right. And conferences, and, and the, that's why we always had an assistant uh, at the time when you did surgery. There were two surgeons in the room every time. And, and they taught each other. So, um, so Bob Henry was a one-year uh, uh, f- uh, resident, resident physician, and Scotty Roberts was a one-year and decided to be an internist. Of course, he wasn't certified, having done three years of residency. He was a one-year internist. But he was li- led the way. He automatically became an internist. I mean, he just went that way. He, he was a geriatrician, basically, uh, he took complicated cases, um, and then uh, while he was here, a couple years before I arrived, he uh, said, you know, I'm out east, they're doing what's called intensive care units, 
We don't have one in South Dakota. We should have one in Brookings. So the first intensive care unit in the, in the state of South Dakota was in Brookings. And in fact, the first uh, uh, coronary care unit was in this in this in Brookings. That Sky is Robert amazing started. in all of South Dakota. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and and then subsequently, you know, he did a lot of things for the community. And he was on the school board. He had fourteen hundred kids or something like that. Oh, he didn't have that many. He had he a bunch had a of few kids. kids. Yes. Uh, and <laughs> uh, he and Margaret uh, were <laughs> so interesting. He's a tiny little lady uh, guy, and she was a bigger uh, lady. And she was a presence. When Margaret was in the room, you listened. She was something else. <laughs> and um, so the, uh, he uh, decided we needed to have a marathon. So the first marathon in the state of South Dakota, where do you think that was? Scotty Roberts <laughs> did it in Brookings. And we okay. did it on the longest day, you know, uh, which was always cold and miserable. And the day I arrived, he said, ah, <laughs> Rick, I've got a plan for you. I need someone to help water the runners. And for <laughs> the next, I think, 20 years, you I, watered I, the runners. I set up the booths and got the cups, and and the and the route was uh, out on the bypass. We would run out on the bypass, and then loop all the way around till it comes down on 14, and then you'd come back on 14, and then you'd go the loop again. So it was a two-time loop on the highway, oh, out in the wind uh, where there were no trees. Um, Nothing to protect you. No, Nothing. no. Yeah. And so actually it was, I think Scotty was still alive when we made the change, but it was, uh, he had dropped out of the marathon committee and uh, we said, ha, 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 because Scotty, Scotty's <laughs> out. We can whenever he changes. had a plan, you really couldn't, you couldn't change it. I mean, he was yeah. a very strong-minded guy. Well, it's wonderful to have that history, and I think people who hear Scotty, Mar Scotty Roberts. Roberts Marathon think, who is this Scotty Roberts? Right. Now they know. Well, Quite the man. It's interesting because he had a run. He ran every day. Once he started running, which was like in his mid-30s, he didn't miss a day until he finally had to have surgery on his feet. And when they went in to fix his feet, because he had bunions and so on and so forth, uh, they, they, the guy, the orthopedic surgeon said, I couldn't cut through the bone. It was so hard. <laughs> because, so strong. Because he had been active on those yeah. bones. Wow. Well, great man. Nice piece of history. We're going to take a break. And knowing this history about Dr. Roberts and knowing that Dr. Holm is here ready to answer any questions you might have, why don't you give us a medical question? We'll be back right after these words. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. Happy to have you listening today. We just got a nice history lesson on Brookings history with Dr. Scotty Roberts. I got to give you one more story. One more story. Got it. So Mel Thomas and Scotty Roberts and I were doing committee work because Scotty would organize all these committees and we would sit on marathon meetings until mm -hmm. all of the things were done. Scotty would drag us through that. I mean, everything changed after Scotty left. But we were doing an internal medicine review of charts. And I was reviewing Mel's and Scotty's charts, and Mel was reviewing Scotty and my chart, and Scotty was reviewing Mel and Rick's chart. And we were being critical. And uh, I'll never forget this morning. So we sat in there, and Scotty Roberts went over the chart and pointed out that I, was, I hadn't documented things. I had missed this and that. 
I, I had, uh, didn't consider this particular medicine, uh, blah, 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 blah. And then Mel, you know, went over things with Scotty and me, and Mel was a gentleman. And so he was really kind of relatively kind. But Scotty had reviewed me rather harshly first. So I went after Scotty. <laughs> and there was, you of know, there was a couple did. of charts. And, and he, and one of the deals was that a, a woman had been admitted to the ICU who was dying and who was elderly. And um, he kept her alive. You know, that was the deal. We kept everybody alive. We dragged people through all sorts of suffering, actually, back then. And we, we didn't know. The ethics hadn't caught up with the, the advancements of science. And we were keeping too many people alive. And I pointed that out to him in a, no, no uncertain terms and, uh, and, and said that, you know, that she suffered because of him. <laughs> you know, you, I was, I was Oh, like, you really laid it out. Oh, man. Yep. So finally, the meeting was over, and the t the three of us were red faced and kind of angry with each other, and you know. But we had given each other honest feedback, which is really important, and I've not seen it really have before or since uh, that, that when Scotty was here. So we got up, and um, Scotty looked at us, and this was the deal: when you got done with those meetings, Scotty would walk away without any grudges. I mean, the meeting was done; we had our fight. He got up, and there was no grudge after that, uh, and that happened time and time again. Anyway, he got up this time, and he said, well, c'est la guerre, and uh, Mel Thomas said, um, uh, that's life, and Sky Roberts said, no, 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 c'est la guerre is, that's war. <laughs> <laughs> that's war, and we all laughed, yep. and that was the end of that. I just, that's a great Scotty Roberts uh, story, and... Um, <laughs> And uh, dear friends, uh, you feel like really, you're a much better physician because of him, don't you? I am. Yeah. I am because of him. That's great. so. I mean, you know, you think about the meaning and purpose of life, and um, Sky. The, I think of him uh, when I realize that all of the repercussions of his life are here t today, still repercussing, and in fact, repercussing in a bigger way because it just keeps spreading exponentially. And so um, when you think about your own limited days and hours in your own life, you think about the good that you've done for others. And then they move it forward. You know, that's that wonderful life, Jimmy Stewart sort of thing. And so um, that's meaningful to me. It and you is. think about Scotty. There it was. Think about all the good that he did. Wonderful things that are still, still going bouncing around right now. I mean, in a big way. Very good. Good man to have known. And I didn't know him well. I was just... You know, kind of on the fringe, <laughs> but I was impressed with him and, and his wife. Really yes. good people. Hey, uh, to be impressed, tomorrow night we're actually doing, uh, it's a repeat, a program that aired, do, do, I'm saying we, I'm not doing it. Dr. Holmes, on call with the Prairie Doc, is on yes. tomorrow night in South Dakota Public Television. It had aired last fall, but it was such a good show. We're going to air it again tomorrow night, and it has to do with men's health. And this is important because most men aren't worried about their health at all. No. I remember when I finally got my husband in to see you, and <laughs> I said, I made an appointment, and I said, um, Rick, you need to know he hasn't seen a doctor for 30 years. And you looked at me like, seriously? And I said, and then I told Ed I made the appointment, well, you can cancel that. I said, no, no, you cancel it. So finally went in, and he took care of his men's health. And he's still alive today, I think, because... I forced him to actually see yes. a doctor. So men's health. 
These men are, you know, they just know they're invincible. They're going to live forever. We kind of know better, but you know, Ed what is, do you do with a man and man's health? Ed is a classic example of masculine attitude, which is, I'm invincible, uh, and I don't want to talk about any uh, anything that uh, particularly that's emotional. Heaven and uh, you know, my life is it'll be fine. Uh, uh, it's all good, you know. Uh, and um, I, I, you know, let's let's put it this way: there are people cover up. Uh, when there's a problem going on, you got blood in your stool. Oh, that's oh, just no big just deal. a little, no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> You've got uh, you're 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 crying at night, or you can't sleep, or uh, you're snoring, and your wife notices that you stop uh, breathing in the middle of the night. Oh, I'm going to be fine. Uh, and uh, you know the the point is that we can improve the quality of lives um, if we know. And you know, not it isn't to say that uh, healthcare is at a point where we have every answer, like in uh, Starship Enterprise, where uh, uh, the 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 doc, uh, what is his name, Bones, Bones, war, Bones. R- rolls the thing over your body, goes, and he goes, oh, okay, well we'll heal that, you know, and pushes a button and then it's gone. We're not there yet, and we don't have the answers to everything, but we do have the answers to many things. And we can make your life better. So, I mean, uh, women lead, you know, this is one of the things that we, we know for sure, that uh, at least 60% of all health care um, uh, is obtained by women, and at least 80% of health care is directed by women. Uh, and those are real numbers. Uh, the women are the ones that say, Ed, you're going to go in <laughs> and you're going to see Rick. Whether you like it or not. <laughs> I don't uh, need to. Yes, I've got the appointment. You're scheduled. You're going. Uh, when when I walked in that room, I remember his eyes were just about as open, wide open as could be. And he was, oh, my God, oh, my God. Why am I here? Why, why, why? <laughs> well, um, we're glad he went. We really yes, are. We are. I don't think he would have been with us much longer. We're going to take our next break, and we hope any of you men listening who haven't seen a doctor for 10 years or more, you get that appointment done now, and, <laughs> or your wife will make the appointment for you. On those words, we'll be back right after this. <laughs> Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm outnumbered here in this room, oh. but we're talking men's health. So well, men's underwear. Men's underwear I have is to what make they're a talking. Comment. All right. Men's okay, so, so I ordered these underwear that are form-fitted. You know, they just, you know, oh, Ooh, my. You know, form-fitted. And, and so if you walk around with those, it's like uh, uh, Vic- Victoria's Secret pushing things around, making it look like it's more than it is. <laughs> and then there, I have another set of pair of underwear that I ordered, uh, you know, after realizing that I need to get rid of the old ones, and I got rid of them, and I didn't have any. So I ordered some that were the boxer types, but you, it doesn't have the place to to exit. Guys, you know, usually, you know, boxers when you, usually have an exit, don't they? They they do have an exit, but the then new they have a button. fancy ones don't. They have a button, and it's oh. higher. Oh. So you have to, where the hell is the exit? You know, and you're hunting around in there. And um, with that particular pair, it doesn't always tell you. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> and it doesn't, I have two, two times in my life, I've put those on backwards, you know. <laughs> and you can't 
There's no exit. There's no exit. Where the hell? Oh, my God. I've got these boxes on back. (laughs) And it doesn't line up. No. There's no alignment. I really think you have to go back to Joni buying your underwear. Uh. Because you have not done a good job. Okay, enough on underwear. We did have a question that is somewhat similar. It's a question about a stool sample that came in. So speaking of underwear and underwear you need to toss. This question is, and this is a serious question, we'll get serious now. Okay. In place of a colonoscopy for detecting colon cancer, what do you think of the use of a stool sample, especially someone who has never had polyps or concerns, they really obviously don't want that first colonoscopy, and now there is a way to do it with a stool sample. Right. What do you think of that? Well, how do you know you don't have polyps if you haven't had a colonoscopy? Good point. The second point is that uh, if you've had a colonoscopy and it was clear, you can, uh, and that was your first one at 50, you can wait till 60. 10 years, you know, no polyps, screening colonoscopy, you can wait 10 years. So you wait 10 years, what about the stool sample? Uh, and uh, the stool sample, you know, I think those are an in-between the 10-year uh, screening um, uh, so you think testing. they're okay, but they're really not as effective as you know what? the colonoscopy? I, I did a rectal exam and checked the stool for blood on every male patient I had during my lifetime. And when I did it, uh, I would check the prostate for cancer uh, and for bogginess and for discomfort and inflammation. Uh, and then you could uh, ex- examine the rectal strength and how uh, that was there. I can't tell you how many ticks I found on people when I did a rectal exam, and here's a tick hanging on the butt in that nice, warm, moist creek, crease. It doesn't sound very pleasant. Um, and then you would, I would check the stool for blood. Uh, and I did that every year, and then, when they, uh, and then I did a screening test at 50, 60, 70, and the last one at 79 so that they would still pay for it because after 80, the government says, no, you don't need them anymore. If they had a polyp, then I would check them more frequently. And if they had uh, something dangerous, then you you would check them in a year or six months. But you just did those things. And I I know uh, there are uh, a bunch of people alive because of that darn rectal exam and checking the stool for blood. Now you can do a better test for blood that they have, and people can do them at home and so on and so forth. I do as many as you want. Do them. Fine with me. But don't miss the colonoscopy because you will miss uh, a bunch of polyps, and you will miss some cancers uh, even if there's no blood. Uh, And so uh, sometimes the colon cancers can grow, and certainly the polyps can be uh, there uh, precancers. Uh, polyps and there's no blood. Now I will admit that when I found cancers, uh, oftentimes the reason I did the colonoscopy was because I did the rectal exam and the stool had blood in it. And when there's blood in that stool, boy, you need a colonoscopy. Now people will have hemorrhoidal blood. That's different. That's blood on the toilet paper. that that you know you, when you get when you're wiping and you know you can you've got a dingleberry out there you've got a sore uh, swelling that's and uh, I can say these things because I'm a doctor. Yes, you can. Yeah. We're listening. <laughs> we're listening. Go but, ahead. But my point is, uh, when there's uh, blood in the toilet, or if you do a hemocult and there's blood, you need to have a colonoscopy. 
Okay, so that answers her question. Mm-hmm. You can you can do that sometimes, be, but you y- can't replace the colonoscopy for being effective. A friend of mine just came down with uh, uh, he he had blood in the stool colonoscopy found the cancer. You gotta realize this is an important test. You know you don't know you have colon cancer until you do the colonoscopy and can find it. And it, I, I wish you could do that with pancreatic cancer, but we don't have a test for pancreatic cancer. And I wish I would have had a test so I could have caught it earlier. You know, and if it. you catch colon cancer early, you the, can cure it. You can cure colon cancer. That's the most wonderful thing. And that's the thing that people need to realize. It really is worth having that colonoscopy. Absolutely. I, I will tell you one other story. Um, my dad had blood in his stool. And he said, well, I had a colonoscopy three years ago. In fact, he had two. I mean, he had a flex sig by me, and I said, you know what, you've got, I need you to have a full colonoscopy, and I sent him to the ga- one gastroenterologist in the state of South Dakota, Jack Barker, and he did one, and it was clear. Three years later, he had blood in his stool, and there was can- cancer that had gotten outside the limit of the colon. So, I mean, that's what he died from. And my point is, you, you can't be too careful in that deal, and even when you do colonoscopies, it doesn't always catch it early. Do everything you can, though. Don't skip the screening. When you and did you know, thirty percent of the people do the colonoscopy, and seventy percent, maybe sixty percent, are not doing the tests that they need. So that's one lesson to save your doggone life. Come on, get, get it done. Get that done. Get that done. Bob, did you have a question? No, I was going to ask Dr. Homa off air because it's embarrassing. I have had two colonoscopies. The first one showed 32 polyps that I had. The next one, there were even more. Right. But my doctor, Dr. Ellsworth, said these aren't the kind that really turn into cancer. Right. And so he said, we're not going to burn them or snare them off. We'll just continue. Every couple of years, should I go in and be seen then? Yes. Yes. Okay. Thank you. And, you know, the the issue is uh, these benign polyps that are, you know, there's a different kind. It's not adenomatous, right? These are benign polyps. I, 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 I worry a little bit about them. I've seen those little benign polyps around cancers. And so what Dr. Ellsworth is telling you is exactly the truth. But uh, be, be aware, and uh, it, it certainly, you know, certainly behooves you. to. And I would do a yearly check of the stool for blood, and you can get that test pretty easily, even by yourself, over the counter. And that's that stool test this woman just yeah, called in about. There you yeah, go. you could find out. Good, okay. Good, good, good question. We're always happy to help anyone call in in or happens to be in the studio with us. On that note, we are going to take our final break, and we will return right after these words. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. We're here supposedly kind of talking about men's health, aren't we? We are. We're getting as much as we can in about men's health. Well, and there's underwear going to be has more. to do with men's oh, health. Oh, stop too. with the underwear stories. Okay. Uh, tomorrow night. He might cover underwear tomorrow night. I don't know. But he will have two specialists with him, Dr. Eugene Park and Dr. Nathan Bockhold. Or Bockhold? Bockhold. Bockhold. I said it right. They both practice in Sioux Falls at the urology specialist, and they really are very informed and very it'll Wonderful be a really doctors. good program so nate nate bockholt was my uh student he spent a month with me uh back in the old days and um and he he when i came down with this pancreatic cancer he called me up and he said uh let's have breakfast 
And I said, well, you're in Sioux Falls. I mean, we can find a time to get down there. He says, no, I'm coming. When? So he met me at Cook's. We had a half. He knows your mornings. We had an, (laughs) an hour together on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, something like that. And well, it wasn't Wednesday because I I have to come here. Yes. But anyway, he came in and and we had a long talk, and um, and then uh, Eugene Park. I've had uh, Eugene on the show a couple times, and he is the classic guy. He's quiet. He's not, you know. He's just kind of personal, you know. He's very knowledgeable. He's Korean by by genetics, I think, and um, a very handsome guy. And so uh, Eugene and uh, Nate were on the show, and it was just such a good show. I, and so we needed. Well, to we're re- looking forward re- to seeing it again tomorrow night. Reruns. Okay, we just had a. We only have a couple minutes remaining, but a caller just called in with a question about colonoscopies. If you're over ninety years old, do you still need a colonoscopy? Well, the experts say no. You don't need a screening colonoscopy. You don't when you're ninety. That's a good point. Really, they say no more screening colonoscopy. That means that every 10 years screening thing. Correct. But it doesn't mean that if you had a colonoscopy and there was a polyp, an adenomatous polyp, uh, a precancerous polyp, that you, you couldn't have another one in follow-up. And, you know, a number of people who had kind of dangerous-looking polyps, in my mind, uh, a number of those people, um, uh, even when they were in their late 80s, uh, I did a colonoscopy on a 90-year-old, uh, a couple of, of them. I've done a number of them. <laughs> when you worry about them and they are functioning like a 70-year-old, uh, then why not? Why not? Yeah, and get so rid of them. It just, you know. It depends on the person. If they've been clear for many years, they had all clear, then don't. But if no. you've had some questions, ask your doctor about right. it, right? There's blood in your stool and you're 90. Do you go in and check to see if there's a colon cancer? The answer is yes, because yes. as a colon, uh, let's say you have a colon cancer, you do a, a hand-assisted uh, scope uh, removal of that segment of the colon, and you're cured. I mean, how do you beat that? And then you don't look look at it. On the other hand, on the other hand, I had an 88-year-old guy, kind of feeble, came in with his daughter, and uh, we. This was in the, I think, in the 80s, and I had done a flex sig and it was normal, and then did a barium enema to follow. That was what we were doing at the time because we didn't have colonoscopy early on. And uh, here he had what is called an apple core lesion. In other words, you could see on the barium, here's the colon, the colon's going along, and then suddenly it turns into a little apple core. And then it goes back to normal colon. So the apple core was really the colon cancer encroaching on the lumen of the the colon. And, um, And I said, well... Uh, obviously, this is a colon cancer. We're, we're going to need to have it remo- removed. And he looked at me and he said, I'm good. I'm 88, <laughs> had a great life. Uh, leave it alone. And we left it alone, and three years later, he died of a heart attack. All right. So, so you, you just don't, don't know. No. And particularly when patients are older. Yeah. You know, I had a number of ladies who, in their 80s who lived way oh, past their, what, yeah. what I predicted from their cancer. You just don't know. Are you telling me it's time? We are time. You're giving me that look, Joe. It's been a good program. Thank (laughs) you so much for listening. We hope you have enjoyed this radio program as much as I have. Be sure to follow the Prairie Doc on Facebook and YouTube for free and easy access to our entire Prairie Doc library. 
As always, you can hear and see more from Dr. Holm online at prairiedoc.org. Thanks, Rick. That's all for this week. Thank you, Joan. Thank you, Bob. And stay healthy out there, people. Thank you.